from the magnificent Midwest. This is the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives regarding men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. This program is brought to you in part by Let's Get Real, where forensic accountant Tiffany Couch uses her financial skills to shine the light on the real issues we all face every day. If you would like to make decisions based on facts rather than on rhetoric and cultural pressure, go to letsgetreallife.com, a place where you can find tools to improve your communication skills and to increase your connection to humanity. That's letsgetreallife.com. Today on the show, we're going to talk with Joy Pullman about the unprecedented new nomination for the Supreme Court, a religious wife and mother of seven, Amy Coney Barrett. But first, a few quick announcements. I'm very excited to announce that the audio version of How to Be a Wife, Seven Secret Steps to a Peaceful and Passionate Relationship with Your Man is now available. I've had lots of people want to know when the audio version was coming out. It did take a while, longer than I intended, and apparently people really like audiobooks. So great news. It's now available. Just go to SuzanneVenker.com slash, I'm going to say this, try that again. Just go to SuzanneVenker.com slash shop. Try to say that three times fast. Slash shop. Um, and you will find uh, the book there in both ebook and audiobook versions. Also, don't forget to become a Patreon supporter. Just go to the SuzanneBankerShow.com and click on the Become a Patron button where you will find four very economical levels as well as free gifts just for signing up. And if you have a business you want to promote, there's even an option for that. And speaking of Patreon supporters, a shout out to Steve and Mila, my latest supporters in this last week. Really, really, really appreciate it. Cannot say enough about your support. It means the world to me. So thank you. Finally, if you're looking for marriage or relationship coaching, just go to SuzanneBanker.com to sign up for your free 30-minute discovery call. Smart, accomplished, and a religious wife and mother? Do such women exist? I thought a traditional life was an impediment to a woman being successful in the world outside her doorstep. According to the powers that be, these two worlds are wildly at odds. Enter Amy Coney Barrett, President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, who comes along to put that narrative to rest. If confirmed, Barrett will replace feminist icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and the left can't stand it. They're positively green with envy. How can a woman look as graceful and as feminine as Barrett with a husband and seven kids to boot and somehow make it to the Supreme Court? To make matters worse, Barrett says things like this, quote, What greater thing can you do than raise children? That's where you have your greatest impact on the world. It's enough to drive a feminist mad. Here to talk with me about why the left really hates Amy Coney Barrett is Joy Pullman, executive editor of The Federalist, as well as a happy wife and mother of six children. I can't imagine why Joy would be interested in the subject. Welcome back to the show, Joy. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so, so excited to talk to about this. I know, I know. So you really, wow, that was fun to see you um, do your little spiel. I could tell that this nomination- <laughs> It's personal. <laughs> it's personal. And that yeah. that article in the New York Times ruffled your feathers. And then you said, damn, I just got to get online and say what yes. I think about this. <laughs> and you did. And it was great. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So, okay. 
we're going to talk about Amy Coney Barrett, and this is going to be fun. So we, she's now known, I guess, as ACB, which is perfect for a replacement for RBG. But interestingly, of course, she's the polar opposite of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and actually, quite frankly, most women in politics, and mm-hmm. specifically, quote unquote. And I'm, so I'm going to pull out a bunch of the things that you wrote in your piece for the Federalist about this. Um, and the first one, the first thing I wrote down was where you just described her as a quote, serious Christian woman who eschews hookup culture and who has seven kids. Yeah. So right off the bat. That may or may not happen if you eschew hookup culture, but Hey, (laughs) one of these things is better than the other. (laughs) There's a way to eschew hookup culture and still have sex. I love it. We're going to get to that later when we talk about how people think conservatives don't like sex. We'll do that later. Um, You wrote that Amy Coney Barrett's very existence repudiates the left's binary thinking about womanhood that, excuse me, that women have to deny what makes women different from men to achieve professionally. Mm -hmm. And of course, that is absolutely true. This is the argument on the left that the only way for women to get ahead is for them to live lives like men. And how do you do that? Well, you have to get rid of the babies because that's the one thing that makes women (laughs) different. That's the only way. Yes. Yeah. So this whole nomination has put all this stuff into the forefront and it's really exciting because it's the first time I think, I feel like we can have a conversation about what it means to be Christian and or conservative and or family oriented and structure your life in such a way as to still have success in the outside world. Um, So we're going to talk about that, but also how just everything that Amy Coney Barrett stands for the left can't stand and it's making them absolutely mm-hmm. not in terms mm-hmm. of her, you know, her, her, her views, her views. Well, one friend pointed out to me, and I think this is absolutely true that, I mean, so she has basically what people have and honestly uh, would and have killed for, right. I mean, there are people who have had abortions for their career, um, you know, or, and, um, and cause they want to be the butt kicking kind of person that she is, you know, she isn't a, her nomination puts her in, world class, you know, almost nobody in the world gets to be, you know, at at the position she's at. And so there are people who literally have killed in order to try to get to that. And for her not to have to have uh, done that and still get it all is just, it it proves to them, you know, wow, I, you know, I was, I sacrificed another human being or that capacity and I got nothing and she preserved it and she honored it and look where she is. So it's just, it's such bitter, bitter bile, you know, for someone who the thought I have to do this in order to get to the place I want to be. Who was that um, actress earlier? It wasn't just earlier this year who got up in front of the oh, award. Right. That? Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah. I can't remember. I honestly, I don't year. watch movies. I don't have time. I don't either, but that's made headlines, made your right. She's saying she, abortion. She, yeah, she I wrote. Yep. Okay. You did. We, we yeah. write so much, we can't remember what we wrote. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, that was just early this yeah. year. So isn't that fascinating? All in the same year, exactly. you've got one on the left saying, thank right. God I had an abortion or I wouldn't be where I am today in my Hollywood career. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Six months later, you've got Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, yeah. come on. Um, and to be fair, I mean, I, uh, your perspective on this, that you're always, you know, telling women, you know, that it is extremely hard. And I think very unlikely that to, to have the kind of career that she has and to have that many kids, she is one of a kind. I don't think most people, 
I mean, I really don't, enc- I, I encourage, I think people should listen to your ration, you know, your sanity well, let's, let's and go not ahead try and, to have them both at the same time. So, yeah. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't going to do that for a little bit, but I'm going to just jump down to that and talk about that right now. Cause that's since we've mentioned it already, it, there is no question. Cause I've had a lot of people ask me, so what do you think about this? How does mm-hmm. this work with, how does this jive with, with your message or whatever? Um, so we know that for decades, feminists have told women to seek self-actualization, right? right. At the ex- in their professional careers at the expense of joy, motherhood, and marriage, for that matter. And we also know that women are absolutely miserable having tried to put that into action. Mm-hmm. And my argument- because women, actually, for many of us, actualization comes in the form of relationships. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So- so the the wrong message that I'm always espousing about why why it doesn't have to be that way is because the priority from the get go was wrong. If mm-hmm. you put that value and believe and spend the the bulk of your time and your plans on this career at the center, and then try to squeeze marriage and motherhood in around it, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Number one. Yeah. Number two, if you try to do all of that simultaneously. So for example, if Amy Coney Barrett had uh, uh, several babies and toddlers. I don't think she would be standing where she is right now and doing what she's doing. Now, that I don't know anything about what she did at that time. Unless she had two nannies, right? <laughs> exactly. But we do know what she has said, and I'm going to read that, um, as to how she has managed that, because it has come up already, of course, because it is rare to find a mother of school-aged children in the Supreme Court mm-hmm. or heading there or what have you. Um, she thanked her husband and explained that her husband has been a full partner in their marriage. And she said, quote unquote, I couldn't manage this very full life without the unwavering support of my husband, Jesse. At the start of our marriage, I imagined that we would run our household as partners. As it has turned out, Jesse does far more than his share of the work. For 21 years, he's asked me every single morning what he can do for me that day. And though I almost always say nothing, he still finds ways to take things off my plate. And that's mm. not because he's got a lot of free time. He has a busy law. <laughs> superb and generous husband. And I'm very fortunate. So one of the things I've always said is that, look, here's the reality of combining, combining full-time careers that are demanding with small children, or let's back that up for a second and say with children in general, you have to look at the whole picture as to, and there's so many variables there. So I wrote down a couple of things because I knew that I would get into the specifics of this as to how this is manageable and the questions that you would ask that never come up when you talk about this idea of balance. Um, one is how many children do you have? Do you have two or do you have six? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ms. Pullman with her six children. <laughs> this is why how this. How old are they? Yeah. How old are they? Right. Where, what stage of life are they in? Mm-hmm. B, are you willing to forego things like TV, social media, going out yep. for parties? Yes. Or- so many things that people do that if you eschew yeah. all those things, and I'm not, I'm not voting whether you should or not. I'm just saying that right. there are people who just don't live. Don't I do none of that. Hours. I do yeah. none of that. Yeah. Um, do you have family help? That's another thing. So she, oh, yeah, she like record of a mother was, who lives with yep. you or mother-in-law, yeah, right. or cousins, and she, whatever. And she has said her husband's aunt has yeah. been with them for 10 years. So yeah. there's no question she wouldn't be where she is without her husband and her and this nanny or Absolutely. family help. Yeah. Is your husband consistently available? Is he, in other right. words, now it is interesting that he's a lawyer and he's managed to do so much at home, but I don't know the details of that. Maybe he's mm-hmm. part-time practicing lawyer. I, right. you know, 
Oh. Or like some, my husband and I have done, we've, I mean, I'd call it cycle. Like, so we've, you know, so he has been in grad school. I've worked part-time, you know, I've worked full-time and he's not worked like, you know, so we've mixed up a lot of that. We kind of, you know, go through different variations when his work, you know, had, took on more responsibilities here, you know, then I moved my work around there, you know. So that flexibility is completely in- integral. It wouldn't be possible if I had to be in an office nine to five. I'd Absolutely. I'd have and to. of course, back in the day, this it wasn't like this. Right. Work wasn't like that. You either went to right. work or you didn't. There was no internet. Well, or... my husband says like it kind of, when we think through our, you know, our, our life, <laughs> but at the end of the day when we're staring at each other exhausted, but he says, you know, that people used to take their kids to work, you know? Babies laying on a blanket while the mom's picking the apples or whatever the case, you know, might be. Um, and, you know, they are all working their rear ends off and the kids are part of that. And then if you have a larger family, I only have two, you have six. And I don't think they're old enough yet to experience this, but they will obviously be in time. They help out once they're old enough and the older ones help with the younger ones. Oh, yeah. It really becomes so much of a family me, affair. The younger ones learn from the bigger ones. So I taught my first two kids to read. And they're teaching, I mean, I didn't even ask them to do this. This is just all of, I mean, because I don't believe in asking children to do parental duties, you know. So, um, but, you know, but they, you know, over the summer, they're bored. They sit in the playhouse. They're teaching my five-year-old to read. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He knows all his letters. I did none of that. And it's the same thing with manners, with discipline, you know, that sort of stuff. There's an efficiency that you get with numbers. I guess you just call it like this. There's so many different environments in which are climates to have Mm -hmm. in one's home as to whether or not it will lend itself to somebody being able to work outside the home for X amount of time. Oh Um, yeah. And we don't have any special needs kids, you know, that's another major concern. We don't even have any allergies, you know? So I don't, you know, my meal prep is much simpler. It's just one little thing, but like you're, it's like part of the calculus. There's just so many variables. And so nobody ever talks about that when they talk about this issue of working and raising families. So one of the things I've always done consistently since my first book 20 years ago, yes, very adamant about moms being home in those early years. No question. I don't pull any punches there. I do feel strongly about that. Um, but that that you plan ahead for that. And it's a short window. And then at that point, you start to thinking, you start thinking differently and how you can move into the working world if you want to in some sort of, uh, part-time manner. This is the ideal that I'm describing here. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, like for me, I literally just went back at it in the last year or two full, full throttle probably for the Mm -hmm. first time really in in Mm -hmm. 20 years. That's the way I chose to do it. I'm not saying it has to be done that way, but I'm just saying there are so many options and variables and I don't know how Amy Barrett, did did everything from day one all i know is that without her husband as she has said and without this family help it literally would never have happened so so that's so she's got that she's got that so good for her um however i do all of that said the most important part for me is that young women hear this piece of it and that is that don't look at amy coney barrett i think she would agree as something that should be attainable for everybody uh-huh. In other words, somebody had said on my Facebook Absolutely. page, now I feel really useless because all I do is take care of my two kids and they're really, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not the way to look at this at all. 
because these variables, as I say, everything has to be just so and in place. And, well, and you know, every woman would not be happy, you know, with, a, with a professional life that she has. All of us, it's kind of like that go to college question. All of us don't enjoy reading books for, you know, for 10 hours a day, four years straight, which is really what college should be. You know, all of us do mm-hmm. not enjoy reading law articles. I mean, you know, you know, and, or, or like, you know, me, you know, taking every single spare second, you know, every uh, having the pressure on for your baby's nap to be like, I got to pump out this work because this is the only time he's sleeping today. If you maybe you just want to kick back and eat a chocolate and that's Ex- fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, Amen. you have That's to you know, so- realize like what your, your people are trading off things for that. And if you don't want to trade off your peace of mind, honestly, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And don't feel that you need to do anything more than raise those babies. That yes. is yes. the yes. most significant thing. And so I get a little frustrated when I hear women on the right. So I have a quote here from somebody from uh, in the New York Times, uh, Stanford Law School graduate and mother of 10. <laughs> who heads a conservative legal advocacy group. I don't know who it is, but anyway. Oh, my goodness. She told the Times. <laughs> All these oh, amazing people are I coming know. out of the woodwork. <laughs> I know. She told the New York Times that um, Amy Comey Barrett shows, quote, that it's possible for a woman to rise to the top of her profession while having many children. And I would take issue with that and say, no, that is. Uh, in fact, I wrote an article saying Amy Coney Barrett is not a feminist. She's a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's really true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I just mean, because very- people ask me all the time, like, how do you do it? You know, and the truth is, like, I make a lot of sacrifices that I'm not even sure, you know, I always want to be making. Right. So you have to realize, you know, you, you are cutting out all of your social time. You have to have, you know, you have to be on, you know, all hours of the day, except for maybe the six hours of night you're sleeping. And then, you know, that phrase, you're, I mean, there's all kinds of things that are built into it. And then, you know, people can see me doing podcasts, you know, or going on TV, whatever, but they don't see, you know, what's behind that is my husband waiting dinner for me, holding a grumpy baby who didn't get a nurse. And like, you know, that's just, I mean, we're holding it together, but maybe everybody wouldn't feel held together. Right. And, and uh, to be honest, like it's a time of my life I'd like to get through, you know, and it's important. So, I mean, I want people, I want to be open about that. So people don't, you know, aren't, aren't a fairy taling it, you know, Absolutely. those sacrifices are real and it's not a fairy tale. It's a lot of hard work. And here's another important distinction between women who on the right versus women on the left when it comes to this. Women on the left argue or want you and me or mothers to be able to not have to make certain sacrifices. Right. And, and, and to have government, so for example, government run daycare, childcare, you know, universal childcare, they will, instead of, instead of like having you figure out, in other words, they don't want, um, you to have to orchestrate your life to figure out everything like orchestrated around this problem. They want government run daycare to take care of your children 24 seven so that you don't have to orchestrate all of that. We just described that's the difference. To be honest, I think that part of that is related to, you know, if you are a working mom, you're exhausted and you feel like if only someone else would solve my exhaustion, you know, I just say I have caused my exhaustion. I'm just going to persevere and, you know, we'll get to the other side. But I think people say it's, you know, they, it's, I mean, cause I do this, actually, I do this to my husband <laughs> Oh, we're getting really real here, but I, you know, when I get tired, you know, and I realize this, so luckily I'm able to say, oh, it's happening again and like, stop it. But, you know, I'll say, 
I'm tired or the kitchen is a mess. Why hasn't he fixed this for me? You know? And then I say to myself, he's also working. (laughs) He also has six kids. You know, (laughs) why would I assume that he needs to be the person who has done the dishes when I, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case is. So, I I mean, I think, you know, it's just kind of like this thing that happens when you're tired, you're overworked, you know, and and instead of saying, huh, maybe I need to rearrange some things in my life, I need to look this problem head on and decide, you know, I actually can't do all the things I'm trying to do right now. It's not making me happy. Okay, how am I going to work on that? La, la, la. You know, it's so that that awareness that that. So I just try to, like, acknowledge the trade offs and look at and say, you know, look, you chose this. And so therefore, it's time to do the dishes. But, you know, everyone isn't able to do that or maybe doesn't want to. And that's perfectly fine. But also that the other side encourages women for their child care and their separation from their children is not a good response to that. No, it is not a good plan. And on top of that, the other side teaches women to not once again handle it the way you just described but to be resentful right because men aren't doing their share right in fact which is funny that you you brought that up because so major difference between the left and the right treating marriage and family as an impediment or a disruption to a woman's life versus the way you and i view it as a joy and the priority and then whatever sacrifices we make are ours to make but the culture teaches no you are being screwed if you cannot make it work so these last two articles, I'm going to do a whole thing on this um, that I've read in the last week are about this COVID-19 divorce, basically. <laughs> uh, this is a thing Interesting. Where, um, wives are um, celebrating divorcing their husbands because they learned during COVID their husbands really don't do. And so since the kids are home, <laughs> the kids are home, they're both working. They literally set up in a situation where like this one woman's writing about in glamor about how she had two book deals and two toddlers and a husband who worked full time. And man, I just couldn't figure out why this didn't work. I just don't I understand. I know. I wonder why she's stressed. Oh my gosh. Well, of course it turns out to be his side here. Divorce. What? That is like yeah. the worst. I mean, I guess the yeah. worst, she could be worse by like getting a gun and shooting people, but you know, outside of, you know, horrible violence, that's like the worst choice. <laughs> I mean, who gets take divorced your, over Take this? the father away from their children, you know? Oh my goodness. I know. It's, it's so maddening. And, and there were two articles like that. It was just, anyway, I don't want to get too off track, but anyway, so that's a difference. Um, between people like Amy Coney Barrett being able to embrace the whole marriage and motherhood piece alongside her professional endeavors, whereas most of the women, well, certainly all the women on the left, but most of the women in politics didn't do that. You're not going to see a lot of women there with a lot of children. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. There, a lot of divorced women, a lot of single women, a lot of lesbian. There's just a completely different um, makeup of woman, you know, that's in the political scene. And it's typically not people like Amy Coney Barrett. And that's mostly uh, for practical reasons. You know, the women with kids and families are busy with them. Bingo. Yep. That's As they should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good um, for them. Okay, so let's see. They also have made, what did I write here? Um, they, okay, I love this. You're going to like this. Well, you know this. The handmade, the Handmaid's Tale imagery. So I've pulled out some of the things that you wrote in your article so that you can explain, and I should stop talking so much here. So oh, tell I me about it all. <laughs> I know you don't, but I want you to talk. Okay, handman, what is the handmaid's tale imagery and how are they using it against Amy Cohen? Oh, you know, whenever, and this happens to me all the time too, you know, whenever someone sees a lady who has a bunch of kids, they think, you know, they, 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 you know, 
I mean, I'm sure all of your, you know, your um, listeners are aware of The Handmaid's Tale. It's like these red cloaks, these women who are literal sex slaves, you know, in some religious cult in a dystopian novel, you know, <laughs> which is like, anyway, it's so preposterous. <laughs> and it's actually really insulting because they're assuming that, like, I, you know, I don't know where babies come from, you know, <laughs> like, or, you know, that, that um, and my, my better option and more moral option, you know, to, to manage my fertility would be to maybe kill my kids, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's right. just all these insulting, it's, it's very insulting to, you know, treat people like me, you know, like, again, like we're stupid, ignorant, being raped, you know, or something ridiculous. It's just very insulting. And, um, Especially <laughs> so, when, obviously, if you choose to have a large family today, and I have a good friend who has seven, um, I'm sure she's listening. If, <laughs> if you're choosing to have, wait, I want to say this right. If if you have a large family today, unlike 50 years ago, clearly. Oh, right, a, right. Clearly. Right. Because at least, I mean, back in the day, I mean, if you have birth control and you're choosing not to partake or you could and you want a large family versus when you didn't have an option, but you just people had more children right, because right. they had the birth control. Yeah. It's clearly a choice. So obviously it's a well thought out, I assume, <laughs> choice being made. <laughs> Trust me, I have tried all of the ethical options. <laughs> Still keep having babies. So, well, what am I going to do? Just feed it, you know? That's all I got. <laughs> um, I, so, and they, and her, because her record is so impeccable, they're just reaching, of course, with this handmade right. tale imagery. Well, it's a they, smear, right? You know, obviously, Amy Coney Barrett is nobody's sex slave, and it's really obviously. insulting. You know, imagine if anybody ever said that about any woman who was on the left, right? Oh, exactly. They would be excoriated, and they should be, you know, but it's okay to smear a woman because she's a Christian, you know, because she's a conservative. That's really, that's really the case here. It's a double standard, and it's an anti, it's a misogynistic, misogynistic, you know, double standard. Because what it does is attacks the very thing that women are so good at, making babies, mothering yeah. them, taking care of them. And then you say that's an illegitimate thing to do with your time and with your body. Please don't tell me, you know, anyway. <laughs> and, then, and then Amy Coney Barrett says this. And who, who gets, who gets uh, uh, nominated to the Supreme Court and then says, what greater thing can you do than raise mm. children? I love that. that. It's beautiful. You have your greatest impact on the world. Our children are my greatest joy. You just mm -hmm. don't hear that from women, quote unquote, in power. That's what makes this really fun is to have this person who's in that powerful position mm -hmm. say, say the you truth. And I would say, and just, just yeah. regular, uh, you know, not unlike Trump, I guess, you know, it's things that everyday people relate to, you know, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, the PC thing or what have you. Oh, to be, uh -oh. I mean, my husband says this to me all the time because he's the one who helps me stay grounded. But, you know, uh, you know, imagine the effect that you have on your children as opposed to somebody who reads an op-ed you wrote, right? Like people glamorize all of the TV, the media, the celebrity culture that we have. But that celebrity culture is a pack of lies, you know. The things that these people do, you know, to get where they are. I mean, we found out about a lot of that with the Me Too stuff, Right. I don't want to be the kind of person who does that to get to a, a play. You know, I, I mean, what's the point of getting to the Supreme Court nomination of getting on TV if what you have to do to get there is sacrifice human beings? I don't want to be that person. Um, <laughs> and like you also you also made a comment that I don't know if I wrote it down. Um, something about that with Amy Coney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. Here, I, I did write it down. You said that's the real problem with Amy Coney Barrett. Well, I was saving this for the end, but I'll say mm. it now. she's a happy woman. Yes. And even if she lost, she has it all today, 
meaning, you know, after all these years, she's mm-hmm. had some semblance of it all or whatever. But even if she lost it because of her faith, she'd still be happy. And I assume you mean also because of her children and family and the right. happy. Because the, the reason that she embraces the children is her faith. Yeah. You know, we all know that she has a big family because she's Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, did you say that? <laughs> Sure. I mean, like the reason that I have a big fan, I'm not Catholic, but it's because I'm religious, right? right? You know, because I have an ethical system that guides me about the value of human life, you know? And so I live my life in accordance with that. Trust me, it's not easy. Well, let's talk about, so I have two things I want to talk about here that you wrote in your article um, about religious people and or conservatives as being anti-sex and Christianity oppressing women. So here's what you wrote on the Christianity oppresses women part. Quote, the charges Christianity with being anti-woman. It is clear that Barrett's life repudiates this smear. She is, by all accounts, a devoted Christian who has pursued her faith relentlessly, and it has done no damage to her brain, her family, or her career. That's only surprising to people who are prejudiced against Christianity. Right. I mean, we all, I mean, I think people on the right, you know, know all the arguments and smears of the left because we hear them all the time. You know, it's, you know, the claim is that if you're a Christian, it's only because you're stupid. When in fact, I mean, we know the data shows that in fact, the people who are, you know, upper middle class or well-educated are more likely to have faith than people now who are in the lower classes who are less educated. You know, but the, the, the reason that is, I mean, so that's basically, it's, an, in a, it's a manipulative power play to try to push you in the direction that they want you to go without, a fair, you know, it's not a fair, they haven't won your, your heart and mind you know, with any argument. Right. They're intimidating you into siding with them. You're making you try to be afraid and scared that they'll say mean stuff about you uh, if you don't, you know, repudiate religion or something. You know, um, so um, anyway, which is a completely unfair tactic, you know, if they, but it also reflects what little faith they have in their own position that they can't win fair and square. They have to, like, make people scared and cower and, and you know, and, and afraid of them being brutal and mean to them. Otherwise, I mean, anyway, they obviously don't have the confidence to say, yeah, we have the strongest, the best evidence, the best information, you know, rational people will support us if we present our case to them. Mm -hmm. No, they have to use fear and intimidation. That tells you a lot about what a pile of crap their ideas are. You wrote, um, this is a great comparison. I'm a terrible analogy giver, writer, thinker. Um, So I always pick up on great analogies. You wrote, this has to do with sex. Because we're so anti-sex, you know, if you're conservative. (laughs) Because conservatives and religious people support... (laughs) This is so great. I'm going to say this very slowly. (laughs) Because conservatives and religious people, who aren't necessarily one and the same, by the way. I'm throwing this in. That's my words, Mm -hmm, not a joke. mm -hmm. um, Support the careful use of sexuality as compared to wanton promiscuity. We are smeared as hating sex. It's like being told you hate kitchen tools if you advocate for prudent knife use. <laughs> well, well, sir, I mean, sex, obviously, I, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. we, the world is very well aware of that, but it's also really dangerous, yeah. obviously. Yeah. It yeah. can, it, I mean, as Jordan Peterson talks about that all the time, what, yeah. you know, I mean, what is, it has so much power that that power is much more easily misused because of how potent it is. And so if, if we thought that it was precious and important, you know, and, and, and which it is, if, if it was really deep and meaningful, maybe we should treat it like it's deep and meaningful. And that's what ancient ethical systems actually guide people in doing. It's not like, you know, we have to figure this out from scratch, but like the left doesn't believe in history. You know, the only thing they know is the feelings they have this second. 
Well, and plus, they can't make an argument for casual sex that's actually going to, that anyone's going to There's no good argument for they, it, right. There is no good argument. So no. the only thing to do is say, we just are, uh, uh, what's what's the word for, a repressed? Sexually repressed. Yes. Right? Yes. There's only, yeah. that's, there's, there's, there's no, no good argument. There's only a smear. Yeah. Yeah. It's either casual sex or repressed. There, there's no right. <laughs> healthy, healthy right. attitude, enjoyment yeah. of, there's just one or the yeah. other. There's no like give and take relationship, treating people like they're, you know, that like they're precious and valuable and, you know, not some chunk of meat to be just like smashed around while drunk. Oh, anyway, ask any woman who's ever had, you know, an encounter like that. She feels like, you know, it's crap. That's why people have to get drunk to do it. Exactly. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, and two more things you, you, you brought up in your article. One is of course, women don't need men. Um, in other words, that the that what was the title of your article again? Oh, jeepers! Federal... You know, this is two weeks ago. <laughs> no, I see. I know. Um, um, I, well, anyway, you were like listing. you were listing. I can pull it up if you want. Um, yeah, I had a list, but I didn't put the list in the title. What's that? I had a list, but I didn't put the list yeah, in the title. List, and it was you were just basically listing the ways in which. Here we go. Amy the Barrett. left hates Amy Coney Barrett because she disproves all their lies about women. There you go. And so one of the lies is that women don't need men. And oh, you yeah. talked in there about dependence versus interdependence. And I don't think we talk about that nearly enough about mm -hmm. what interdependence is because it's painted that you're either dependent on a man, mm -hmm. which is terrible, or you're independent and free. Well, yeah. neither one of those are really an accurate portrayal of what marriage is. So tell people, although I'm sure. And I don't think either one of those are an accurate portrayal of what is psychologically healthy or societally healthy, right? You know, if people are just independent atoms in the void who get to do whatever they want, they go off the rails and they start hurting people. But if people are codependent, you know, and, and, and you know, emotionally, you know, kind of sapping the life out of everybody around them, they, they also, you know, they need to start being a grown up, mature human being and handling some stuff by themselves. But I, in fact, I mean, for me, marriage has really helped me learn how to balance between those two poles, you know, and, and at different times in, in our marriage life, you know, I am different things. Like after a newborn, I'm very dependent on my husband. You know, I'm laying in bed, you know, bleeding, yeah. <laughs> you know, with a tiny human being while he runs brings me tasty food, you know? Yeah. But, and then there's other times in my marriage when, you know, he's been dependent on me, you know, I, I put him through grad school working, right. You know, so we, I mean, you, I mean, that's what a marriage is. You show up when the other person needs you, the other person shows up when you need them and, and, you know, and together you're much stronger than you would have been if you're apart. And I mean, that's why marriage is so powerful and women really want it so badly. They see what a wonderful strength it is to them, to their community, to their world. And that has a very strong pull for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that idea of a team, I think, mm -hmm. is really lost on the younger generation because that's what I see in my coaching that the millennials in particular, uh, your present company excluded, of course. That's fine. <laughs> um, are, are just, they're still very much in the his and hers mindset, even after oh, they yeah. marry. I mean, oh, yeah. such a big way that I have to. Oh, like splitting up meal, you know, prices, you know, like if they go out to dinner or they take turns oh. buying it. It's so weird. Are it's psychotic. From each other, having to pay each other back. I mean, yeah. they're saying all these things. I'm like, honey, honey, this is why you're here with me and right. coaching. Do you understand <laughs> the connection? Okay. Marriage, world? marriage. Let's marriage. start at the beginning right. here. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. So maddening. 
Um, like their roommates, you know, who just happen to sleep together. In fact, that's probably the only modeling they've ever had, right? Roommates who sleep together. It's like their friend's marriage. And because so many of them were cohabitating prior to getting married, right. the marriage didn't mean anything. It was just yeah. more of the same with a piece of it's paper. It's a big party didn't the way to have your big pretty dress and your like Cinderella ball gown and your horse carriage. When you got married, things were perfect. You were both in love and life was good. Then somewhere along the line, everything changed. She changed, or maybe he did. Either which way, now your relationship feels, well, hard. I coach husbands and wives who feel lonely, disrespected, or misunderstood in their relationship. So many women today are desperate for their husbands to step up to the plate, to make a decision and to stick to it, to lead rather than to follow. Ladies, you have the power to make it happen. Men respond best to women who are grounded in their feminine core. As for husbands, so many of them want their wives to stop nagging and to just trust them, to smile more and to complain less, to look at them the way they did when they were first dating. Men, you have the power to make it happen. Women respond best to men who are grounded in their masculine core. The secret to lasting love rests in the masculine-feminine dance. Once you master it, your relationship will no longer be difficult. You'll be moving with the biological tide rather than against it. And that makes marriage smooth sailing. If you're struggling in your relationship, if you feel frustrated or alone, I can help. Just go to SuzanneVenker.com, that's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R.com, and click on the coaching button at the top. Don't wait another minute to acquire the mindset you need to find love and to sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneVenker.com. Um, okay, so then, so, so another another quote that you wrote here is um, re- referring to... Um, Amy Coney Barrett and her husband that what I just what I read before that she said about her husband being you know so supportive you wrote they have undoubtedly achieved much more together than they could have separately as many highly Mm -hmm. successful tell you of their marriage our husbands are sometimes our secret weapon and I've often 100 percent go ahead I feel like I don't write enough or talk enough about my husband like I mean I definitely have but I feel like I need to do it a lot more because although I don't consider myself a highly successful woman, um, oh, I, consider you are. My, I consider myself reasonably successful. Um, and, and, and without him, I literally couldn't, I, I just, I just, I just couldn't. I, I, yeah. or as, as the young, Same say, here. young people, I just can't. I, I can't. No, yeah. There would be no possible way at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So again, that goes back to the team the team concept. So it's, it's just so ironic because the feminist argument is all about if the men would just step up, we could, we could do it all. Mm -hmm. And actually conservative women, happily married conservative women with children are very often. That is the ultimate way to get a man to step up is to get married and have a baby with him. Not amen. And not only that, but, um, if you, if you have the right attitude and approach toward men and marriage, it will work in your favor, but because they don't, they never understand why it's not working. And then they go to file for divorce. Well, it, right. It right. Must be him when they don't realize it's, it's your attitude toward it. Um, just like the way you describe the difference between when you put too much on your plate, uh, you recognize that your husband's got a lot on his plate too, instead yeah. of being resentful, which, oh, is yeah. how, which is how I'll close this out because this is also something you wrote in your article about resentment. When you're talking about what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean? And that's, I think, what Amy Car- what Amy Coney Barrett is sort of inadvertently, you know, sort of... Commenting on. Yeah. You wrote, at the core of the left's insane views of what it means to be a woman is the oppression narrative. No matter what women achieve, no matter how happy we are, their political project rests upon resentment. 
So resentment must be cultivated. That's why even as women surpass men on every measure, the left has pushed even harder to get us to believe that things are actually getting worse for women. Oh, and we see this not only with women, but we see this in all of the identity politics groups. And that's, I mean, the source of identity politics really is pitting people and dividing people so that you can profit from their, from resentment, from their division, from their anger, from their negative emotions. Just like we see, you know, the big social media giants, their algorithms, they monetize our anger that, you know, they, they push up engagement by getting us, feeding us content that makes us furious and keeps our eyeballs looking at their ads longer. And that's the same thing with the project. The political project of the left is an exact mirror replica of this, you know, pitting women against men instead of pointing out how we're complete. I mean, if men are, are screwed, women are screwed. If, if women are screwed, men are screwed. We need each other to be strong, healthy, and happy. Nobody gains by any group. It's the same thing with our nation. Nobody gains in our nation if, if black people are having a hard time. Nobody in, you know, right. are, and, and, and in our nation if property owners are being looted. You know, like one thing, you know, something that hurts one of us hurts all of us. It's not, I mean, there, this, this like zero sum pitting people against each other stuff is just exhausting. And it's evil, honestly. It's destroying the country. And so not only does it destroy the country, it destroys our individual relationships. And the, like the way to be a happy wife is to think more about your husband and what you can do to support both of you mutually rather than trying to, what can you get out of your husband? <laughs> what can you get him? You know, what does he owe you? That's like, that's going to, you're going to screw your whole, you know, your relationship up. If you think, what is this person going to give me and what does he owe me Amen. rather than what can I give to him? How can I love him? And then he, you know, you each learn from each other. I learned a lot about that from my husband. He taught me, oh, people come to a marriage and you seek, we each seek to give each other as much as, and positive attitude. You have a great life. If you both seek to get out of it as much as you can, you know, well, then you have a crappy life. Absolutely. By the way, that's a great sex tip, but I won't give any more details about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is all. This is. I hope she's confirmed. Uh, do you su assume she will be? I. I, I mean, I, I. I'm actually sitting here waiting for the other shoe to drop. I, she's a very, very difficult person for the Democrats to to ruin. Uh, I, I figure they're going to come up with something, but I think they're they're kind of trying a bunch of different ideas, shooting up a lot of trial balloons, and I don't think they've set you know, on something yet. Cause honestly, I don't think there are very many good ways, you know, there, yeah, there's no, there's not really any legitimate reason to not confirm her. No, I mean, her, 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 I mean, she's just, that doesn't mean they won't try. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't, but, um, but I love just seeing it up there right now. It's just a whole different conversation to have about, like you I, said, she's really inspiring to me. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I think, like you said, she's a unicorn. We are almost nobody is going to be Amy yeah. Coney Barrett. No. Um, but she really is, encourages me. You know, you know, when when I feel like, oh, you know, this, that, or the others, you know, I look at her. I'm like, well, if she could do that, maybe I could do the dishes with a cheerful face. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> or just baby her, steps here, and yeah. not even just her, um, just the whole work and family thing, but just her her demeanor. You know, her style. Oh yeah, she's very yeah. classy. Um. Yeah, it's just going to be hard to, you know. She's, I mean, she's a wonderful icon, you know. Yeah. If she, if she were a woman on the left, she would have pictures 
her. She'd be on the front of all the magazine covers. They would be doing lifetime, you know, documentaries about her. And I mean, I think she deserves a good measure of that. And only because of her politics is she's not going to get that. But I mean, anyway, definitely is going to be someone that I'm going to use to encourage my daughters. Because, you know, she is really an inspiring figure. Awesome. This has been great, Joy. It's so Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Anything new other than your... You have enough on your plate to be. Oh yeah, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. How old are they? I mean, my oldest child is ten, and my youngest one is four months. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel so old whenever I think back, you know. And I feel, yeah, and I can't even complain because to my two to your six, but um, but I do see it with my friend who has seven. Um, I see what it's like um through that, and it's um awe inspiring. So. I was just Kudos talking to, to a mom of eight the other day and she was telling me like, even when your kids get bigger, you still are their mother, you know? So her adult daughter who has children now, she's mothering her through the early years. And, you know, they're, you know, they're still have, she's like, they still need you. You're always their I, mom. And not only that, but by the time you're oldest, or is it your youngest? By the time, by the time you're, how do I say this? Your older ones are going to start having children when you're still getting the youngest ones out of the house. So then you're oh, a grandmother yeah. by oh, the yeah. time. So it's just I know. when you choose to have a large family, that I mean, that is the life because it just Oh, yeah, keeps I'm going to be a grandma in my 40s, likely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Meanwhile, my Baby's daughter. Baby's everywhere my, all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. My daughter wants to do everything earlier than I did it. And then my mother, and then my mother did it because she lost her grandparents so young because of that. So it has mm, Yeah. Well, just don't think far enough out. I don't think mm-hmm. to make, to, to be thinking about how that's going to uh, benefit you down the line to either have more children or have them earlier, younger. I mean, it's so, I mean, I actually really am looking forward to that. And so we have, we know a family who, you know, they really respect kind of, you know, parent mentors, someone I watch and be like, Oh, I like to be like that when my kids are in their twenties. Yep. And so they have some very young grandkids now and they're, and you know, they have four adult children. I think they're all re, you know, married now and young married couples starting to have kids and like their family life is so full and joyous. It's wonderful. I can't wait to be there. <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, you're going to be. You're going <laughs> to just survive <laughs> right now. My problem is sleep deprivation. I do not do well joy with less than eight hours sleep. <laughs> I don't either. I've not been sleeping, you know, for a decade. Oh, well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. My sometimes I have, you know, these, you know, during interview. Anyway, yeah, during interviews, sometimes I'm like, sorry, folks, baby brain. I get it. I hear you. Oh, my God. So fun. Thank you so much for coming on, Joy. It's been great talking to you. Oh, and thanks for having me. Hopefully you'll come back again if I'm still on, great. Say on the air. But if I'm still doing this um, down the road, great. which at this point um, looks like I will be. So awesome. Thanks, Joy. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. And now for the email of the day. This is from Janice. Dear Suzanne, I've spoken with numerous friends who are married and who do not combine their finances. They told me they didn't feel the need to as long as they paid their share and their husband doesn't need to know what they're spending on. So it becomes my money and not ours. What happens to a marriage when you're not combining finances? Oh my gosh. Um, so this is one of the biggest things that I deal with, with my coaching clients. It is not a coincidence that they come to me when their marriage is in trouble because I mean, it's not a coincidence that 
that it happens to be that they've got that exact situation where the money is considered his and hers as opposed to ours and that they have marital problems. People do not understand this, at least the modern generation, specifically millennials, who've been taught to keep everything separate and who think in terms of independence, fierce independence, rather than interdependence, which we talked about in the podcast today. Because they don't think of it that way, they think it's you know, reasonable or, or even good to keep money separate in a marriage. There are three main problems with that. Number, first of all, it just sets you up for failure from the get-go. Here's why. First thing is you've set up, in effect, a roommate scenario rather than a marriage. So many of these couples will actually be living together, and then because they weren't joining finances at that time, which is good, you shouldn't if you're not married, they then get married but continue to live in the way they were living prior to their being married. And that has so much to do with not understanding what marriage is. I really think that's a big, huge piece of it. There's just no understanding of the weight of marriage and what it's supposed to mean. When you get married, you are joining your life with someone else's and that you and me become our. When you don't do that with your money, it's a mindset you're bringing to the table that's not, it's like you're not really married at all. You're just still roommates. And all those decisions that you want to make presumably together, um, are not going to be made where you come together on the same team and sit down and discuss about our money. It still sets up a divide between what you make, what I make, what you earn, what I earn. And it really doesn't matter who's earning what. It's a family unit. It's family money. It's a marriage. It's marital property. So that's one thing. It's a roommate scenario rather than a marriage. Second of all, it allows people to hide from their partners, hide their money from their partners. And that's, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. You, you simply cannot do that in any, um, for any length of time where it's not going to come back to bite you. Anytime you're hiding anything from your partner, you're setting up a marital, your, your marriage is going to be weaker and you're setting up problems and it's going to come out eventually. You can't hide it forever. So that's the other thing. People tend to hide money when they keep their money separate. And of course, the third and the biggest is that it doesn't promote trust which is crucial for any relationship to survive. If you do not trust your partner with the money, you are essentially saying, I don't trust you. And so the bigger issue is really the relational issue, not so much the money. The money is just sort of a manifestation of this larger issue of not trusting one another. And if your marriage is not built on trust, then it's not really built on anything. It's just very flimsy. So the, 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 the monies is and how you handle it in terms of combining it versus not is just really an, a symptom of a much larger problem. And that has to do with your attitude going into marriage. And, and that attitude just is manifested via the, via the money. So, um, anyway, I hope that answers the question. It's just, it's just a bad situation all the way around to not have your monies combined. And by the way, this is this, I could do a whole segment just on money and I will, um, but I'm not suggesting that there can only be one account and um, you both have to be managing the exact same account per se. There's a lot of different ways of doing this, but at the end of the day, it's all joint funds and there's no way to sort of hide big purchases. That's really what I'm getting at. I think each partner should always have petty cash that they can spend each week that you both have decided in advance how much that should be so that you don't have someone looking over your shoulder. So there's 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 a lot to this and we will do a whole segment on it, I promise. But that's a hopefully short answer to a much bigger question from Janice. 
And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook. Just type in The Suzanne Venker Show in the Facebook search bar and you will find it. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. 